他咋？啊啊！哈哈哈哈哈哈哈哈哈 ！Why are we like this? <laughs> Who allowed us to be this way? <laughs> I blame the internet. No one told you life was gonna be this way. I tried to snap it out. It didn't work. Um, <laughs> clap, 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 clap. Um, it's like his ears are burning constantly. He just knows. Uh, I know. How does he know? How would they know? How would they know? Who's gonna know? He he does have a TikTok. Oh, <laughs> like really <laughs> likes TikTok, which I think is hilarious. He's like, I mostly watch cat videos. I was like, of course you do. <laughs> For his cat. <laughs> Literally, all I do is uh, like puppy videos, but I call them <laughs> babies, and Ivy's like, "No, Abby, no babies." I'm like, "But babe, but puppy baby, puppy baby." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so hi, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since we've recorded, though, like a long while, a really long while, actually. So. Sorry, first of all, hi, this is We're Watching. I'm Alexia. That's Abby. Hello. <laughs> we have been on a whirlwind uh, adventure in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, seriously. Like the entire month of November just like flew by. That was insane. It both flew and dragged. Mm-hmm. Primarily the dragging because of the not seeing the humans. Yes. <laughs> the month is a long time, friends. But it was it was a really good month, I will say. Like, I don't think I could have ever asked for a better 30th birthday party or bachelorette party, which we did in tandem. We did. We did all of the things for Abby's huge events all together. <laughs> like the psychopaths that we are. Yeah, I would recommend uh, if we are getting married maybe just like combine some stuff it kind of makes everything easier (laughs) I don't know if it does but it felt nice to me where I didn't have to do like 800 different events for wedding stuff yeah that's fair that's totally fair I mean that is why you friends and neighbors got a old thank god we backdated some of our like we had backlogged some of our episodes that we'd recorded in favor of doing like more oh like with like the newer movies mm-hmm. as we got closer to Halloween and whatever so we had a couple of episodes in our back pocket thank god because <laughs> Abby's Abby's events and then me not being available over you know last week and the weekend mm-hmm. we, yeah, we'll, we'll have to backlog some more I think coming up <laughs> I think so too oh. um yeah, because I, I feel like the last one that we actually like sat down and recorded was the Blair Witch Project, and that was early November, as I look back at Wow. So yeah, The Conjuring and Poltergeist, those <laughs> were our um, saves, which we got a really nice note from Denny, friend of the podcast, Denny Taylor, where he said, you know, Poltergeist was such a good episode. I feel like you guys really came into your own there. And I was like, thank you. That was the second podcast episode we've ever recorded together. So we got it going. I know. I was in Massachusetts. I was in Boston when we recorded that in September. And there was like, an, I, thank God for editing, because I legitimately took out 10 minutes of me 
like running around getting a drink and us like going on these weird random tangents where it's like no <laughs> that doesn't need to be aired <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you just that is wild <laughs> Oh my god. But yeah, I'm really excited for December, actually. I was trying to take notes of, like, movies that we could watch this month. Yeah. Um, we already have one lined up that we want to do. But yeah, Christmas and horror just kind of go hand in, hand in hand. They do. Honestly, there are so many horror films that are relevant, like, to seasonality. Mm-hmm. Um, which I love. I love, I love. I mean, of course, there's Halloween. But it's funny, for all the fact, for, like, all of that, there is an entire holiday dedicated to spooky. Um, there aren't nearly as many Halloween horror films as there are just like other horror films. No, because it's you like, know? of course, we'll, we'll probably do my buddy, my bloody Valentine in February, and doesn't naturally the happen. There's like a purge that's centered around the Fourth of July. It's election year, so it's yeah. around election time. So actually, that would have been apt for November, but whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so it's like there's horror movies for literally any holiday. We probably could have found one for Hanukkah, but I feel like Jewish people have suffered enough at this point. <laughs> literally. <laughs> They've had their horror film. It was called Living, and uh, we're not going to put them through that anymore. <laughs> Generational trauma is not part of the show. <laughs> nope. We do not agree with per- perpetuating genocidal stereotypes. We're not here for that. No, and that is that. <laughs> that's that yeah but you know of course within christmas spirit we had to be watching a trashy christmas rom-coms which are delightful yeah i i insisted abby and i record this because she said after watching insidious because we're discussing insidious this week (laughs) and after watching insidious she needed some some chill time with some rom-coms of the christmas variety so please indulge us abby what did you watch so the first one is called a California Christmas and it's that stereotype of you know the rich city boy businessman he's like this big playboy and his mother sends him to the this tiny little ranch vineyard out in California and he goes undercover there because he's trying to buy out the the vineyard from under them but he wants to do it in like a way that he's like oh I'll just simply like convince them to give it over to me it, it falls apart because of course he falls in love with the ranch owner this cute little girl who oh, loves yeah. everything but <laughs> ivy was like watching with me and he was predicting everything that was happening like, oh <laughs> so it's gonna do this and this and this and this and I'm like god damn it ivy yes but that's not the point <laughs> you're like we know the tropes i want the romance shut up rope. I, it's it's by rote at this point. Like we all know it. <laughs> I know. I had I had to rewatch um I was it it was in 2012, that 2012 classic uh Christmas Cupid, which stars Chad Michael Murray yes! and Benson. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Tell because me everything. Think it's actually like a fun, good movie. Is it? Yeah, because it's a retelling of a Christmas carol and <clears throat> The main character, she does a very good job of being incredibly stupid and selfish through every step of the way, but the way that she comes into her own is very organic, and you're like, yeah, because mm-hmm. you have to hit those people in the face for them to get it, and actually, yeah, it's like the court quirky uh, Marley who's dead, and 
She's just like hanging out with her cute outfits everywhere. Oh my God, of course she is. <laughs> that is fantastic. So if that you is fantastic. Watch, it, watch a Christmas Cupid. It's very cute. Okay. I absolutely will. So I watched Love Hard a couple of weeks ago. Oh my God, Love Hard. <laughs> I know, I loved it. I loved it. I I felt bad because like I... I had sent it to I had sent it to Chris and he was like, stop watching them all without me. <laughs> it's like, oh, sorry. But it's like speaking of CW uh stars who ended up doing Christmas movies, Ashley Benson and um Nina Dobrev now with Love Nina Heart. Dobrev. Yeah. Like that that movie is definitely like, oh, Alexia was in the writing process for this. <laughs> Adorable it's, it's, data scientist nerd boy. <laughs> I know. Oh god, I loved it so much. <laughs> I did. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I was like, make your candles. Make your candles. Be your best self. And also sing Saint or um maybe it's cold outside with your new and updated lyrics because it's super cute. It was so adorable and smart. And I just loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Absolutely delightful. It was, it was precious. We are Christmas movie stands over here. Hundred percent movies and cheesy rom coms. There is a duality to man. I am a contradiction if I ever wanted one. <laughs> which apparently I do. I love it. Uh, yep. Oh God, so good. Okay, well. Fun facts, friends and neighbors. We are in fact discussing Insidious this week. Um. Insidious is our second James Wan vehicle. Yeah, Uh, I did not realize when I chose Insidious. As soon as I watched it, I was like, Jesus Christ. And then there's Patrick Wilson in it. I was like, God damn it. I told you. Why did I do this? (laughs) One, can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. (laughs) Secondly, I had mentioned it, I think, when we did Malignant, um, that James Wan did it. But like, I didn't expect you to remember that because so what happened um, is I had brought all of like a chunk of my favorite horror films, both classic and newer, um, to Abby's house, thinking that we would have time. Why I thought we would have time amongst the whole Bachelorette weekend, Thanksgiving weekend. Like I was there in de- in Texas the whole time. Why I thought we would have time to watch a horror film, I do not know. They were absolute fools. Literal fools. So did not do that at all. Um but uh yes so another james wan vehicle came out in 2010 um do you want to do the synopsis or shall i um let me let me take a crack at it yeah get it <laughs> let me let me try this out okay so insidious follows this family oh well maybe not because i can't remember their names uh, josh and renee are the parents yes well, i was like their last name starts with a p maybe but they have. I don't think that matters. <laughs> I don't know. They have three children. One is a, a fairly new, newborn baby, and two sons who are in their early childhood still. And they move into this brand new, not a brand new. They move into this house, and they're very excited to move in. And weird things start happening almost immediately, where their yeah, middle son Dalton falls down and hits your eldest I think eldest okay he falls down hits his head and he goes into a coma out of nowhere so the parents are already like upset and traumatized by it 
and weird stuff continues to happen around the house. They keep seeing things, they keep hearing things. Uh, Renee is a stay-at-home mom and um, her husband, Josh, is a professor at a university, I'm assuming. And, you know, typical thing where she's like, I'm seeing things and things are going bad here. And he goes, no, you're fine. I think you're just stressed because our son is in a coma. And turns out Dalton is being held in an alternate universe that they call the further. They have to call in, of course, the uh, ghost hunter people. <laughs> I'm doing such a yeah. bad job at this. No, <laughs> no, you're not. It's like an alternate, the further is like an alternate dimension, yeah. an evil alternate dimension for the undead. Real quick, which if you listen to our episode last week, it, it gets very poltergeisty real quick. There is a child who is held in another dimension by other spirits who have not moved on. Um, they are still living in their reality of their most recent death, trauma, all that kind of stuff. And uh, there is one puppeteer who's in charge of all of it. This demon thing. He's the, the main menace, I guess. Something like that. <laughs> But it turns out that um, Josh, or yeah, Dalton is astral projecting there, and he gets that ability from his father, Josh, which his, Josh's mother reveals that Josh used to astral project constantly as a child, and that this old woman almost, you know, possessed his body when he was a child, and she did everything that she could to make that, keep that from happening. She would take these pictures and show that she was always there waiting to possess Josh. And that's why the family doesn't have pictures of Josh, turns out. (laughs) So he manages to astral project into the further, and he manages to find Dalton. They escape the evil entities. Um, There's a whole exorcism-like scene that goes on where they try to get the the demon out of of Dalton. Yes, because Dalton starts throwing people around. That was pre-Josh going after him. Yeah because his physical body starts going crazy. <clears throat> and yeah, Josh finds Dalton, brings him back, and then they all live happily ever after, or do they? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, it literally ends with Renee finding out that Josh has, in fact, been possessed by the woman that wanted him years and years ago. And she has turned around where he's like, hello. <laughs> Yeah, in like a twisted turn of events, he has his photo taken, kills Elise, the sweet medium who comes to help, and that helped him as a child. And then, yeah, it ends with him touching Renee's shoulder, her turning around gasping and cliffhanger. I guess there's other movies, which I did find out too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's a fault. So there, there are two sequels. Well, a fit two official sequels. Um, the, there's Insidious 2, which follows Josh and Renee and Dalton, Tucker and Callie, their family. (laughs) And then there's a third that's like just Elise, Elise's adventures, like before the events of that, I believe. Gotcha. Well, this movie, my biggest takeaway was this movie is a very good, uh, birth control ad. Because that baby <laughs> never fucking stops crying. Yep. Oh my god. Ivy was like, "Can you make it stop?" And I'm like, "No. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. I'm just as stuck as you are." 
Um, that, yeah, that's it. So do you remember when we watched Malignant and I was talking about how James Wan loves family stories? He loves family stories and they're always very accurate depictions of family. Like I got to give it to him. (laughs) Accurate depictions of family, accurate depictions of Renee is the swamped mother of three. Callie is the like, I'm a baby. I'm cranky. I'm going to cry all the time. The boys is like sweet, but you know, bickering siblings. The husband is the one who's like, what the hell is happening? I now I'm stressed. I'm going to stay at work late. Like but like an, a supportive mother-in-law who is present and yeah, I love a good family story. And I feel like he just continuously does a really good job of family dynamics. Yeah. It was, uh, as some, an only child, I could say, yes, <laughs> good family. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair. I mean, fair. It definitely um, uh, like they're, they're not trying too hard to make the children say something or do something, which I feel like can be a big pitfall with horror movies where you have a child right. who's trying too hard to be precocious or intelligent or wise beyond their years or whatever. Right. And in this movie, you no, know, they're just children. Yeah. I mean, we talked about that before, or you talked about that before in like another movie. I think it was Poltergeist. Okay. Honestly, this was probably the best follow-up to Poltergeist. (laughs) And was a lot of this in an homage to Poltergeist? Do we know if James Wan did that intentionally? That's a great question. I did very little research this time because it was like, I'm just going to rewatch the movie because I love this movie. And then... I did like no research, which is so <laughs> unlike me, but friends, I've been a little preoccupied. Busy. There's been a yeah. lot going on. Holidays, been a lot friends. <clears throat> All of the friends. Holiday season is upon us here. Stuff. Wink, wink. Yeah, because as, <laughs> as I was like watching it, I was like, this is literally like, poltergeist without being a remake but it was also kind of annoying in that sense oh (laughs) i mean yeah i I, i'm sorry you feel sorry you felt that way i mean i love this movie but i also love all of it um well yeah actually we should start with did you oh no it had three sequels my bad so chapter two And then chapter three and the last key were both prequels. I forgot the last key. I didn't really super enjoy. So I guess I just blocked it from my collective memory. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So there's that. Um, So did you like it? Um, I don't think I want to watch it again. I don't know if I want to watch the sequels. Family. I am very deeply upset by this. <laughs> you what? <laughs> I was just like, for three quarters of the movie, I was unimpressed and a little bit bored. And then it started getting more James Wan, where he was like doing that experimental, like freak shit. Like, you know, he likes the lights. He likes the crazy angles. He likes messing with your mind a lot. And it just didn't, I feel like the buildup didn't, connect too well with how everything played out so I was just like very unimpressed and by the time all that stuff happened I was like whatever it yeah I am giving Abby the most (laughs) right now um (laughs) what 
so unimpressed with it. I was just like, okay, this is, it felt too much, even though I really like Rose Byrne and I like Patrick Wilson. It was just like, it, I, it honestly got so slow and boring at parts where I was just like, I don't care anymore. I know. I'm sorry. Oh. Lexi is so shocked. <laughs> oh my God. He's going to resign as maid of honor. On today's <laughs> day. <laughs> Okay, you know what? If this is what ruins our friendship, I didn't deserve to be maid of honor in the first place, okay? First of all. Second of all, I think if nothing else, this is definitely teaching us that we have very different tastes in horror films. I, I feel like this is the first time in what we, we've gone to 11 episodes that we finally like had a split in opinions on a movie. Yeah, especially yeah. considering I had brought it to your house. Mm-hmm knowing that it's one of my favorites mm-hmm. and I went in and there I, and I was like Alexia loves this and I've already seen James Wan so I was like I'm in for I liked Malignant a lot I was like I'm in for a treat oh my goodness well it's funny you should say that because I went ahead and did some research while you were talking I obviously was still listening but this mm-hmm. is me I multitask like a crazy person mm-hmm. and the reviewers, the professionals, the people that we very often do not trust because who cares what well, they think? To have an opinion. Frankly, who cares what they think, especially when it comes to horror films? They never like them. So what's the point? Anyway, uh, <laughs> the, the professionals, the reviewers, the critics, they would, they completely disagree. They're like, the first half of the movie wrote a check that was so good. And then the second half could not cash out. So they felt the opposite. They loved the beginning, hated the end. I guess I, I really liked, I, I love demons and ghosts, especially when they can interact really well with the physical world. But it's like the beginning, it, I, I don't know. I feel like, this movie relied so heavily on jump scares that I was watching and Ivy was like in the background playing video games and he would be like, it, the music co- accompanies the jump scare, of course, because that's kind of what builds it. And he was just like, can you stop? <laughs> can you fucking stop with this, these jump? Because he knows that music and he's like, that is a jump scare. I like, he was sick and tired of it and I was sick and tired of it. And I was just like, you just know when it's coming. And you don't like it. And it didn't even make me jump anymore. And I was just like, it's not fun anymore when you rely so heavily on a jump scare for something. Whereas like, I know James Wan can get into your head and he just didn't do it properly with this movie. Is my opinion. For you. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Again, these are opinions. You are entitled to yours and you had your, your movie watching experience. Yep. Which is very valid. <laughs> Tell me why you love this movie. So, I mean, a lot of the reasons that I've already mentioned, like I love the family dynamics. I love, um, I just, I love the way he opened it. So I do love a good astral projection story because it rarely happens. Mm-hmm. Lois Duncan did a great novel that was like Girl With My Face. And that was an astral projection story. For those of you who haven't read it, I mean, it was written in like a long, it was written a long time ago. I was about to say it was written 30 years ago in the seventies. 
dear God, help me. We are no longer in the 2000s. When will I learn? But um, you said it's called Girl With My Face. Girl With My Face. Okay, Lois Duncan. Okay, I had to write it down. <laughs> Lois, so Lois Duncan has some incredible like horror slash gothic inspired mm-hmm. novels that are really more young adult, but mm-hmm. so well done. Like she is, to me, she is a prima donna of horror um, because I know what you did last summer is based off of one of her novels. Oh, okay. And yeah. listeners, you might n- recognize Lois Duncan's name by The Giver if you've ever read that. So you should already know that she's an incredible writer. Yes. (laughs) If you know the giver, you know, she's an incredible writer. She's a great storyteller. And she did a lot of the giver series is just phenomenal. Chef's kiss. So good. So I have read all of them. I own the giver gathering blue messenger and son. I own all of them. I love them all. I didn't like, I liked Messenger the least, but I liked them all. Um, anyway, so Lois Duncan also has like a bunch of like female driven characters in like thriller gothic novels. Um, she does like, again, she did, I know what you did last summer, uh, Locked in Time, Girl with My Face, Gallows Hill, trying to think of the other ones that I read by her they're good whatever she's a good writer anywho um so and then with the um again huge spoilers for um you know like everything there was that Netflix movie behind her eyes um that was an astral projection movie and of course the second we started watching it I was like it's a freaking astral projection movie (laughs) get off me and my mom and my sister are like what and I was like she's astral projecting it's probably not even her and her body Jesus and I got really (laughs) so annoyed annoyed. and uh then mom and Leah were like well now you've ruined it (laughs) like not that I ruined it but like they were like all right well now we know probably what happened anyway um you know so I like when it's done well and I felt like this was done well but I it is one of the longest lead-ups um in a horror film I mean it's like it's like 40 minutes in before you get um a lot of the true like paranormal happenings Mm -hmm. but I felt like it was also a more realistic timeline of like a haunting you know because like you see you see a movie and it's like no I was gonna say like in a lot of the horror films it's like you barely meet the family you don't really know a lot all of a sudden it's like surprise 15 minutes in all sorts of crazy stuff's happening so that they can wrap it all up in like an hour and 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's very little denouement, which again, you know, made Even sense given French that words. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Alexia is <laughs> loving her microphone. She has one. She's like, I love it. <laughs> like this is mine. <laughs> let me let me whisper sensually in your calls about murder and mayhem. Anyway, She's now going to be introducing our next jazz segment on WARX. <laughs> <laughs> yup, that's me. Smooth jazz. <laughs> smooth jazz. That what what. what? radio station was that that I grew up with that was the smooth jazz channel and they, they said it just like that too it was ridiculous um anyway um 
anyway I, I know I I love that they I love that he does the like silent almost silent title card mm-hmm. um I loved the way he did a lot of I love the shots I always love those um those like um like unsettling camera angles where you have like the wide open space behind them but like weirdly up close to their face and you're just like what is happening I don't the introduction there was I guess it was something about the music but I was like this feels like American horror story Mm -hmm. very very much like it's unsettling music but it's like normal stuff to look at and you're like no 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 about this yeah I mean in in it I was like the opening director card because when it like opens with the light and it has James Wan and then it like flips upside down and I was like yes I love this <laughs> I forgot how much I love this um and he does a great job with sound effects too yes he utilizes sound in in an incredible way particularly with the like you know it's not like dun dun um but he has that um that weird like piano sound and then like the crackling that indicated the creature and like the very harsh violin um I don't know I just felt like yeah I (laughs) I love his I love his sound mixing the scoring everything like that um but he does love a good foreshadowing opening title sequence Mm -hmm. you know like that the music you have to look at this house and you have to look at the rooms and you have to sit here (laughs) But the thing is, they did get more interactive as time went on. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're living here too. This is what it looks like. And you're going to get to know this room really well. Yeah. Like, especially when um, Ro- what's her name? I know it's Rose Burns. So Renee. Rose Burns, Renee. Whenever she's running through the house trying to find that giggling child, it's like you're also experiencing like the house the way that she is too. It's no mm-hmm. longer like left in the title cards where it's pristine and clean. Right. He does do a really good job of those like POV shots, mm-hmm. um, which I always think are fascinating in a horror film. When it's done They're well, very- it can make you feel so claustrophobic and you're like, but I need to see more and it's very scary. Mm-hmm. It's just like in um, Blair Witch Project where you're like, your line of sight is so limited and it's so unnerving. Yeah, it is. I like that. Um, so one, I mean, you knew it was going to be a good film. Well, I, uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it. So I thought it was a good film. So I knew uh, when I first saw it, because I was like, I didn't know, really know James Wan mm-hmm. at that point. Um, this was pre a lot of the horror films I mean it was 2010 right yeah, like we were yeah. graduating high school or I was in college we had just graduated we were in college I don't know college yeah I don't know why I'm no I'm I'm pretty sure it opened in the fall um okay. yeah so we were in college by then yeah because I was like yeah September um oh no wait it, it says release date September 14th 2010 and then April 1st 2011 United States Oh, it, 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 it premiered at the Toronto Film Festival. Uh, Okay, so it premiered in September at the Toronto Film Festival, and then April of the following year in theaters. But again, I was sorry, I need to sneeze. No, the way he sneezes, I was like, oh my god, (laughs) (laughs) so sorry. Oh no, I hope Ivy's okay. (laughs) 
He doesn't sneeze like through. Oh my god, I heard that one. He doesn't sneeze through his nose. He's a blah. <laughs> I heard that one that time. That's great. Oh my god. I hope it's on the recording. I really do. Like, holy shit. Are you alive? <laughs> oh man. Okay, well, I knew we were fresh. No. Oh my god. Point being, I knew we were freshmen in college. That's that's it. So we were freshmen in college, whatever. Um, so this was before a lot of like the other stuff, but um, yeah, like before a lot of the other movies that he's now famous for. But so I wasn't looking at that. I saw Jason Blum, a la Blumhouse, um, and Oren Pelly, who is another uh very famous name in the horror community. So those are the producers, like producers and yeah. and everything. So um, house on um, Instagram. Yay! <laughs> Yay! No, doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> My goodness. Um. Yeah. So I just I think, and again, those those family. I so my point was is what makes for me a good actually scary scary horror film because I did find this scary in a lot of places especially when I first saw it I mean I was 18 right so the whole world was still scary to me yeah um not that it isn't still but like I'm less scared by horror films now than I was as a teenager but um I find like you know all of those all that minutiae that you lack in like big budget glossy films that makes things feel real like you know the weird lighting like when the first sequence when Roseburn wakes up and I'm like her fucking lame pajamas that like then match her son's and like you know her, her hair's flat and her husband's snoring and she's like ah oh, this house <laughs> boxes and things in and it's like just silent you know until Dalton comes down and they're talking and whatever and the lighting's weird and then later you know when the baby's crying and her kids are arguing and she's on hold yeah. with whomever. And then, you know, it's just her in, a, in an empty, quiet house, feeling lonely, trying to work on her music. And then like mm-hmm. the baby monitor and like her trying to figure everything out because she's alone. Yeah. Um, and that like scary, lonesome feeling that you can have, even when you know your family is like coming back, but like you're alone in the moment yeah. and it's spooky. So I felt like, I don't know. I just felt like the interactions and the interactions between them are so genuine when they're like blaming each other for stuff. And then they're like, my bad, I had a bad day. Like, yeah. They like, have like honest really conversations tired. with each other. Although yeah. I, the one thing that I, I was like, kind of, I feel like one of my disappointments was this movie focused so much on Renee and Dalton, especially in those opening scenes, they're wearing the same exact pajamas. They have this very cute conversation about, you know, family, when great you are when you're younger, all this stuff. And then the movie shifts to being, it's about Dalton and Josh and their connection. And I'm like, well, we, we didn't establish that in the beginning. So I don't feel that it would have been, I feel like more impactful if Renee was the one who had the ability to astral project or learn to astral project so that she could save Dalton. It's like they established so much with mother and son in the beginning and less with father and son where I feel like it didn't impact me as much as it could have. <clears throat> because he just, he's not wearing the matching pajamas. He's not 
interacting with his son in the way like he does interact with the, ba the baby and kids of course but it's not in the same way that we feel immediately with Renee so I was just like I felt kind of let down by that or the other thing I was trying to notice was like he it, Josh is very concerned with his appearance and looking younger and not looking old and they don't delve into that too much so I was like that felt kind of like a lost fray <laughs> Fair. So they do delve into that in the second movie. Okay, Because <laughs> I was like, how oh. do you even like focus on that at all if you're not going to go into it? Yeah, it kind of makes me wonder if James Wan already had a sequel planned or like if he'd already like done it all together. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, um, well, just because that like, so that that sequence where um, he's looking in the mirror, brushing his teeth and then plucks the gray hair gray from hair. his head. There's this, there's in like a literally mirror image sequence in the second movie spoilers um <laughs> in, the, in the second movie where he does the same thing but then like wretches and spits a tooth out into the sink because he's deteriorating because he's old because he's an old corpse lady living in a young man's body oh that makes sense since you said you didn't want to watch the second one, really? I don't know if I want to or not. I might just to get more context on everything. Because I was like, you know, maybe sequels, you know, they, they should add to the original context. Maybe they do go into Renee and Dalton's relationship more. But I was just like, I feel like this movie set up so much and then they didn't explore it enough. So I felt like, <laughs> I get that. No, I, I understand what you're saying. Um I guess I had seen it as like a distancing effect from like his childhood trauma. So like he almost like can't relate because of all of his childhood trauma and losing all those childhood memories. Cause remember they said they, they got rid they of all did. those pictures. Well, no, it's, they literally talk about um, how they like erased his memory, essentially. <laughs> like they had him like bury those memories. Um, so it, for me, it felt like almost like a dissociation from childhood where like, and that's what bonded them was that like they had this like this is the moment where he can like come back into himself I guess yeah reach into that inner child mm. so, I feel mm. like if they had established something about that earlier it would have made more cohesive sense but I was just like I kept waiting for more mother-son stuff and it didn't quite happen it was just Renee being you know stressed crazy mother towards the end <laughs> which is okay. fair your child is in another dimension you know I'm not gonna knock that <laughs> we don't know what that's like we have no idea you know it could be terrifyingly stressful I don't know <laughs> uncertain um okay fair and you know uh they do explore a lot more of that in the second movie which is why like I said I feel like James Wan already had a sequel planned or like maybe they filmed both of it and split it into two parts. Like, I don't know. There's a, there's so much cohesion between the first and second movie that makes me feel like he had that in his head already. Yeah. Um, anywho. So, um, another thing I also really love from this movie is one tiptoe through the tulips is a fucking terrifying song on its own. Holy, I, as soon as it started playing, I was like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm out. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. 
nope, don't like it. And the thing, there was another instance where like when Renee is grabbing all the laundry and stuff and she drops that laundry into the laundry basket, you see the little boy standing there facing the wall, but I missed it. So that's the thing. I know you didn't, you didn't notice because it's your first watch. You're trying to watch everything at once. And I didn't notice until like a third or fourth watch Mm -hmm. to be quite honest with you. Yeah, that that little boy sequence was crazy. And it's just definitely one of those things where it's like, oh, the ghost is always there. That's yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, So, like, all of those, all those sounds still, again, carrying with that crackling sound for their big bad, um, you know, and even with, even knowing even knowing when I was listening, when you're listening to Lorraine's story about, you know, Josh's childhood demon thing, mm-hmm. even knowing what's going to happen, I still jumped. I jump every single time. <laughs> I know what's going to happen. And it still like comes as a surprise. I don't understand why. <laughs> every single time. And I've seen this movie quite a few times. I know. It's just like, oh, well, all right. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. Um, but the banter of Elisa's aides, Tucker and Specs. <laughs> well, that's why I was like, oh, is this just another poltergeist? Because you get the like quirky, like ghost hunter dudes who are like, I don't know, big old nerds. And I know that that's a trope that's pervasive throughout haunting series as well. Yeah. But like, unlike, unlike some of the others, like there's just a, they're just a like, my dick is bigger. Like, pair <laughs> they really are like I'm just a nerd it's like no 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 I'm better than you <laughs> literally this part is most important no this part is most important mm-hmm. and then to the point where like when they're even when they're searching the house because they know demons are coming like the little turning on of the small flashlight and they're like oh I'm like putting on his like even bigger one and you're just like wow and they just sit in that silence for a little bit and I'm like this yes they were enjoyable. They were. Um, <laughs> oh, they I mean, were. I wanted to ask you. So James Wan did Saw. Yeah. Okay. So was he just like for shits and giggles drawing jigsaw on the chalkboard in uh, Jane, Josh's a uh, classroom just for funsies? Because I, I literally wrote down why is jigsaw drawn on the chalkboard in all caps. <laughs> Because he's James Wan. Because <laughs> he's James fucking Wan. Oh my god. He loves a good Easter egg. He loves like bringing things full circle. And I noticed that. I was like, I see you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I remember reading that this w- this movie was his response to Saw where he was like, you can't make a good horror movie without the gore that I put into the Saw movie. And this right. is how you can do it. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, again, like, like the photos on like the drawings on Dalton's wall, even like of him, where he's like, like, I want last night, I watched myself sleep. And then I flew away. Um, You know, those those had been up there, the whole movie previously, like you saw them in the background. They'd always been there. And this time I intentionally watched to see like how long they were in the background for the whole time. Yeah, the whole time. They're there the whole time. And um, however, I did make a note. I was like, 
Dalton has surprisingly good penmanship for a child, um, particularly in crayon. So this is a lie. This is the one. Full crayon. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is the one thing I don't believe James Wan. <laughs> like, as a 30-year-old adult, it is hard to write in crayon to this day. <laughs> yeah, like, you know what? This child did not write that, okay? I'm calling bullshit right there. I will, I will happily, like, admit that there are some scruples in every... <laughs> There are inconsistencies and scruples and whatever of, of every horror film. That is the one I'm calling James Wan on the carpet for. Okay. Right. A child did not write that. Also, I wonder how long it took for them to like sit around and think of another world word for the alternate reality. And then they were like, let's just call it the further. I didn't oh, I like, like that. that term. I, they said it and I would just, my eyes rolled to the back of my head as far as possible. And I was like, are you kidding me? The further. Okay, come on. We have stranger things. Pretentious. And it's like, did you guys like sit around for hours and that's all you could come up with? (laughs) Oh, see, I liked it. Well, I mean, come on. You have stranger things that has like the upside down. At least that makes sense. You wouldn't just let her just like be like, we're going into the further. (laughs) <laughs> see i don't know i think further makes more sense than the upside down like no one flips no i i did not care for it <laughs> fine <laughs> we will once again disagree. disagree i love it i love it though also i i had a big note here about uh josh's childhood pictures because they showed him in like polaroids and stuff they are so funny. If you like pause the movie and just look at the pictures, they're the funniest fucking pictures you could have ever chosen. <laughs> I'm so comfortable in every single one of them. I was like, whose childhood photos are these? I need to know. <laughs> did they like go out and like take pictures during the filming or did they like find pictures and they're like, this child looks childish. And they just like photoshopped the lady in there and it's so bad. It was so horribly photoshopped in there. (laughs) I honestly don't know. Like I I wanna know, but I I don't know. And (laughs) that's something we'll have to find out and then like report back on. Oh my god, that killed me. It was so funny. And then I think the last note that I wrote was right as he was going into the further and I went. This is bizarre. And then my brain went, oh, because it's James Wan. <laughs> yeah. Like, suspend belief. Like, suspend all belief mm. when you walk into a James Wan film. So that was my last note. And I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be weird from here on out. And I love it. <laughs> so, like, the, the last of it, I really liked it. I thought that was really well done. Oh, it's incredibly well done. Um, I did have... I did have a couple of notes on like a, the, um, you know, the demonology team, like whatever it is yes. that we're going to call them, um, where I was like one, like right after that. Um, oh, shoot. Chris is calling. Hang on. <gasps> Keep it on the podcast. Telling <laughs> me he's on the podcast. she muted me (laughs) I'm just gonna sit here (laughs) 
Are you positive? Okay. Well, I will call you right back, I promise. Uh, Abby already said hi and um, said she got mad because I muted her. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Okay, I will. I'll, I'll call you right back, I promise. All right, bye. (laughs) <laughs> I was like hi and he was like hi I was like we're still recording I don't know what he was gonna say but that's funny I was like can I have a little bit more and he's like take your time oh. <laughs> um <laughs> I just realized unmuting myself meant that like all of that is in the pod now so we're gonna ha- you're gonna have to edit that out um, <laughs> especially if you can hear his voice <laughs> I mean, <it's> so weird. <laughs> i'll just leave in you saying chris and that's it just like a little like silence chris blip <laughs> chris is calling um uh shit what i was, what was I gonna say? elevator music or something <laughs> Okay, well. <laughs> anyway, you were talking about the demonologist team. <laughs> and we're back. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, long story short. Yeah, long story short, my boyfriend called. And then I realized that I unmuted myself halfway through because I felt bad for muting Abby. She was like, oh, she <laughs> muted me. <laughs> so then I unmuted myself, but then our entire conversation is now going to be recorded. So that's a whole thing. Um, okay. Anyway. Um, anyway, moving back to the demonology team. Um, when, uh, like, one, I was like, can somebody please get the the nerdy guy specs? I was like, can somebody get him a laptop so okay. we can type instead of having to write everything down? <laughs> no, like, why don't we give him the shittiest charcoal pencil? And yeah. <laughs> just have like, him scribble on these pages. Yeah. Like, does it interfere with the demons? Like, what happened? Like, why can't you type this? <laughs> I'm surprised that none of the pages ripped as he was writing them because he was like pressing in there and like scribbling yeah. furiously and flipping the pages. I know. His handwriting was fairly um, legible. Good for him. I know if Ivy had done that, even like unstressed and unsober, like uh, unstressed and sober, it would have been like chicken scratch. Same though. You know, right, <laughs> same. Word eggs on our grocery list. I'm like, what is that? What are you talking about? <laughs> what do you want Augs for? Augs? <laughs> what do you want Augs for? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love that. Um, yeah. <coughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, I was just like, somebody get this guy a laptop or a typewriter or something like literally anything other than a- One of those scribe tools that they use in court cases or you just use a story. Oh my God. A stenographer's tool. Yes. Stenographer's would, keyboard. Do it. It would be unstoppable if you learned to do that and use one of those. I firmly believe this. I would love to do that. Here's the thing. I was like, lit. I don't know. During some true crime thing, I was like, reading an article where a girl was talking about like how she learned to do it. And I was like, I want to do it. I want to do it now. Because there are some TikTokers who 
you, that's their job to do all that and they'll show you the process and like how the alphabet works and all that kind of stuff you would be fantastic with it uh, I don't know I'd like I would like to learn it just to learn it. I mean there's like what would I use that for when is that applicable in my day-to-day life I don't even know your Gemini energy we'll find the answer <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Gemini energy it's <laughs> <laughs> using a stenographer <laughs> Let me learn some like completely useless skill that I find fascinating. Um, <laughs> not, I mean, it's not a useless skill. Like it's incredibly, incredibly relevant and incredibly important completely to like our legal system. <laughs> yeah. Like in our legal systems, court stenographers are it. They are oh the ultimate. They have, they learn <laughs> all this information. They get all of the details and they have to keep a straight face through all of it and type out everything as it's dictated. Incredible. It is wild. How do you not just um, stop and go like, oh my God, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> Mad props. <laughs> Court stenographers, you the real MVPs. You are the reason. You are the only thing that is good about our judicial system. Hey man, I have to go charge my computer real quick. Holy shit. <laughs> you get a charger. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I went over to tell Ivy that his, he sounds good and he was like what did you hear and I'm like I hear you playing guitar and he goes no you're not supposed to hear that <laughs> he thinks that it's supposed to be a secret when he plays the guitar audibly <laughs> <laughs> in your apartment wherein you share the same space and it is very very obvious a little one bedroom apartment he's like that's supposed to be a secret so oh my Anyways. god we are safe now um excellent I'm so glad but I was really laughing at the end uh, like after that whole scene where like you know they possess Dalton's he's told Dalton's being puppeteered by oh, the demon thing and they um and they like you know that with the whole scene was so intense and whatever but then they like cut to like Tucker looking through the like the the footage and Specs literally has like the meat on his face <laughs> and it's like sign somebody was raised by parents who like were born in the fifties like yeah I have a note on there that was like um <laughs> during that whole sequence and I'm like he was just bitch slapped into eternity to his dolphin like literally just like throws a hand and somebody flies against the wall <laughs> oh my god that's a amazing <laughs> oh my god that's amazing the puppeteer man that face that face mask was scary although it did it just reminded me of um Zuko's blue mask oh the blue spirit yeah so I was like is this really that scary <laughs> see no I was thinking Darth Maul and then I wasn't as scared yeah if you combine Darth Maul and Zuko's blue spirit mask you get this one yes you get the cloven hooved demon of the further. He's like a puppeteer. And the funniest thing was when Dalton, like Josh is trying to unchain Dalton from like his prison or whatever. And mm-hmm. they look up and the puppeteer has stopped what he's doing. And he's like, <laughs> 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 he's just like, he's there. 
He does. He unleashes his tongue to it and his like forked tongue, and he's like, nah. You're just like, what the hell? This is. I think this is the weird thing about the jump scares is like it doesn't just appear and disappear within the blink of an eye. The spirits stay there. So I think mm. that looks goofy. So when the spirit is like pressing his face into the glass and he just fucking stays there, I think that is the funniest fucking thing. He's just like, ee, 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 ee. <laughs> the thing is, I, I find some of that more unsettling because I'm like, it didn't go away. Like jump scares usually like, yeah, it's fleeting. Whereas like if you were there in real life, like he would just be there. Like it wouldn't just like go away. He would just be there the whole time. I'm like, oh, also that that old that grungy man spirit that attacks Renee. Mm. It's, he moves in a human-like manner instead of being like a jerky, fast spirit, like all otherworldly thing. It's like all right. of the spirits do move like humans because they are. Spoiler. So it was just like, that was kind of I mean, fascinating because I was expecting, you know, those jerky movements. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, the only real, yeah, I mean, excellent call out because that is something, I, again, I do really find spooky is the more realistic it is, the more it feels like it could potentially happen in real life, the more freaked out I, I tend to be. Again, there is a little suspension of, again, of disbelief in this movie just because it is still a big budget pick um however uh yeah the only caveat is in when he's in the fur when josh is in the further um and it's those like randomized split scenes it reminded me of um there's this book there's this uh teen book series by kelly armstrong so kelly armstrong write it down uh, no, it's darkest. It's the darkest powers trilogy. Yes, the summoning and the, the summoning. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Kel- Kelly Armstrong, for those of you who do not know who are listening to us, uh, Kelly Armstrong was known for doing like these, like werewolf and cabal, like, you know, supernatural adult Paranormal, books, uh, young adult romances. Well, no, she did the adult ones first. Yes. So she wrote the adult romance novels like first. And it was like these paranormal romance novels, whatever, um, with a little bit of fantasy thrown in. And then she did the uh, young adult ones. And it reminded me of the young adult ones um, because it's a, a necromancer. Her name is Chloe. And she can like, she had her powers genetically altered. Long story short, she can see these like, these. it's like almost like an, like an imprint on the human world um, of a murder in the same way that like the grudge kind of is, but it's like a constant, it's like a constant loop. So she can see like, the, she can see like the loop to death. So it's like, she watches it happen. It starts over. So she sees like a loop of like a guy jumping into like a saw and then it just like happens again where he's like standing on the edge, then jumps into the saw, like, and it just loops. Um, So that like when Josh is in the further and he like sees the family in the living room and then like goes to the kitchen, like the dining room table where the girl's sitting, then all of a sudden she's gone and he hears the gunshot and he goes in and that's when she'd like shot the family. Oh yeah. 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 And then of course, like he turns around at one point and all four of them are there and they do that like synchronized creepy smile. Creepy. Holy shit. That actually scared the piss out of me. I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) I know it was super spooky. But, um, you know, that reminded me of that, like a, like a, like a replaying of, 
a traumatic event. Yeah. Um, to what happened. Yeah. The, right. You know, when we look at the family and then we look at, it pans over to the daughter who holds the shotgun with the crazy look in her eye. I was just like, you know, yep. like, good for her. They were probably awful. <laughs> good for her. <laughs> I mean, that mom looked super creepy uh, <laughs> when Josh goes by her. Oh my God, that was so creepy because it's like they're all sitting there silently. You can kind of tell that they're, you know, you, you see him shift around a little bit and then he gets real close to the mom and then she blinks and he goes, no, 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 I'm out. <laughs> he goes, nope. Yep. <laughs> That's so yep. Yeah, I, I loved it. And um, it's funny, again, in the second movie, um, like when he in the second movie you know how they like all right I'm spoiling everything I'm just spoiling everything you can watch the second one if you want like I it didn't seem like you were too interested friends and neighbors if you're interested go watch the second one then come back um but in the second one you know how like they heard all the knocking and then the Mm -hmm. door like the alarm going off and all that other stuff Mm -hmm. well they play they like replay back to that in the second movie where like Josh is trying to get home to his body mm, and he's okay. like opening the door like he's like knocking oh, so and then like the whole time opens the door mm-hmm. yeah. so like anytime evil spirits get like near the house or something because again remember how Elise said like time doesn't really exist there in the yeah. same way like so yeah it's like essentially him alerting the family or like trying to get like help them and then trying to get back so what um, you're telling me is christopher nolan watched this movie and then wrote interstellar oh my god <laughs> that's what i'm hearing <laughs> i mean a great callback my friend <laughs> i applaud you because i never even considered that but like <laughs> yes probably you know what i give christopher nolan credit for like nothing at this point <laughs> right it's like that's not original anymore if i had only seen insidious i would have been like oh what's you doing this i know when was interstellar made like 2013 2014 kai said 2013 you said 2015 it's 2014 because i remember it was like right after i graduated i had moved out to texas and dad and i saw it in imax Oh, wow. Somewhere somewhere in between that 2014-2015 time. Dude, if you ever have the experience of watching Interstellar and IMAX, do it. Oh, I would. Because we saw, we had friends who saw Dune in IMAX. I'm like, that would have been incredible. IMAX, like, triggers the motion sickness a little bit for me so oh, i'd have to be careful yeah. there yeah yeah be careful with that <laughs> <laughs> i still haven't seen dune so you know yeah. sadness <clears throat> i'll have to go to the theater and see it maybe i can do that this weekend oh that'd be good oh shoot never mind no it's my friend's christmas my friend madison's christmas party <laughs> never mind i lied uh, <laughs> I want to go see. I feel like there's a lot of good movies in the theater right now, and I'm like, I want to go see them all. Why don't I? I know. But with COVID getting worse, like my work has shut down our office officially until January 10th. So like 
now I'm like, with things getting worse, do I really want to go do events indoors that I like don't necessarily need to do? Yeah. Uncertain. Unclear. Um, anyway, long story short, I love this movie, would watch it again and again. Abby would watch this movie once. Once is fine. That's all you need. <laughs> I feel like I could probably watch the seat at least Insidious 2 and, you know, maybe get the background that I'm looking for. But since it didn't give me everything that I, I guess that's what I get for going into a movie with sequels where it's just like, I wanted more and it didn't give me everything in one take. So it's like, yeah. Gotcha. But now that I know I'm- the series, maybe I'll get more from it entirely fair like you know what you can watch it or not I will still love you thank you I appreciate Mm -hmm. you and if you feel like your time is better spent watching cheesy Hallmark Christmas movies then you should do that yay self-care friends do what makes you happy do what makes you super duper happy we're here for that no matter what it is even if you do yeah. like Christopher Nolan films, we forgive you. You know what? The Dark Knight trilogy was actually damn good. Very good. So I will give him that. I will give Christopher Nolan that, and I will give him Titanic. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and I will give him Titanic. And no, that is what I will give him. Another movie where I watched it once and I was like, that's enough. I got <gasps> everything I need out of that movie. Just on one yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So insidious. Insidious. Any other so thoughts? We'll have to wait until next week to hear what we listen to next. I know. We're going to start keeping it a mystery and letting you all find out via socials. Yeah. Or you probably know, a little bit. Tell us what you want to listen to. Yes. Please tell us. Please tell us. Maybe we should pull. Let's pull everywhere this. Okay. Let's I, do it. Well, I think there's one that I do want to have out on the 22nd. So we can make a poll for next week. Yeah. And then. You I mean, hell, we can watch all of it. Yeah, everything. And you guys can vote for what it, your favorite either on Instagram, uh, Facebook. I might try Twitter. I'm not super active on the Twitter, unfortunately. <laughs> I feel like Twitter for a business is hard to do unless you have 800 million followers. Well, we're not Twitter people. We're I, not tweeters. I like going Sorry. to Twitter to get my you know, daily news that I wouldn't get anywhere else, but that's like it. (laughs) Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I learn about everything through Twitter. It's where I lurk. I get like daily updates from the New York Times and People Magazine in my inboxes. And that is it. (laughs) That is my source of of truth. And sometimes Snapchat. Well, Twitter, it's like everything happens so fast on Twitter that I, I sometimes log in. I'm like, okay, I have to go backtrack now to figure out what you guys are talking about because it's been two days and I haven't logged in in a while. <laughs> oh my God, that would stress me out. 
That's too much work. It's too much. It's too much work for me to find out a story. Because I'm just like, okay, why do we hate this actor now? Okay, I got it. All right. You're right. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, uh, we'll post a, a poll and you can vote for your next favorite. We're going to try and keep them a little bit Christmas themed this month just for, you know, content purposes. And um, you can find us on Instagram at we're watching horror. Uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook at We're Watching Podcast. Our email is wearewatchingpod at gmail.com. And then Twitter, if you do seek to find us, is watching underscore horror. So yeah, keep an eye out for us there. Woo! One day I will, one day I too will have these right? <laughs> I feel like I've gotten better at that. The last couple of episodes, I was like, uh, mm. <laughs> there is zero judgment coming from the woman who has not memorized them who doesn't even really know them okay as long as you go on there and you like the content that's all that I care about <laughs> no I'm gonna abandon us immediately yeah, right. Lexi's like I'm fucking done with this shit fucks off to the wilderness <laughs> cut to Alexia in the corner munching on hands uh, an actual text message I got um yeah that was an actual text message i got that honestly will be the the hallmark moment of when i knew i wanted to date this man like (laughs) that (laughs) munching on hands comment that was it you're like all right i am sold i am in i'm in let's do it (laughs) um (laughs) i promise we're not uh, we're not going for the murder this week but uh maybe we'll watch a movie about murder there's always murder on the table murder is always on the table (laughs) and on that and on that note (laughs) (laughs) guys this is why we're best friends (laughs) well i'll let you let you go okay so remember we're watching bye Yeah, okay, we're done. (laughs) I love you. I love you so much. (laughs) Smooth jazz. Smooth jazz. (laughs) My God, we should have said that on the... (laughs) Remember. Smooth jazz. Smooth jazz. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, that's so funny. WWPH Podcast Network. It's We're Watching Horror. We're watching. Um, I need... Noises. <laughs> um, I should have Ivy Strama some chords for our intro or something. <laughs> we should! I bet he would love that. I'm getting him a guitar stand and a little footstool for Christmas. I love that. 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 I love it. We had a meeting with Denny on Saturday. Yeah. How did that go? It was really good. We had fun. We ran over time so much. Like the engagement party started at five. We met Denny at two 30 and we were like, okay, we'll just like do this real quick. We'll go back to his house, get ready. 
we didn't stop our meeting until 4 30 and we were like oh jesus christ <laughs> i don't even have oh my god we have to go back and get our, our outfits on like we ran over to his house so fast <laughs> holy shenanigans that is wild oh also what do you think of these shoes love yeah mm-hmm. are you just gonna keep buying wedding shoes hey I, I keep trying to break in the ones that i bought and they are not doing it and I mean, you can wear, maybe you can wear them at the bridal shower or something. Yeah. I'll keep them. I'll wear them. But man, they would not be very good for even just standing up for 20 minutes. No good. Mm. Okay, so purchase made. This entire week is going to be so busy. Like Saturday, I'm getting my booster shot. And that night we're doing something. Saturday, you're getting your booster shot, you said? Yeah. Good luck, my love. There's an event going on that night. I can't remember what it is. And then the Saturday, the 18th, we have friends miss. Friends, miss. And then on the 22nd, we're getting our marriage license. We'll be legal to get married. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's like, is that when you're officially married? Like, you know, (laughs) because if we stayed there, we could probably have the person who issues it to us to do the whole spiel and do a courthouse wedding it's wild it's wild so are you you're spending christmas with aaron and leah or are you going up north for that oh yeah because you guys are going up to see your grandmother right Hmm. We're going to go, um, we'll be with my family in New England for Christmas. And then, um, oh, what was I going to say? We'll be with my family for Christmas. And then, um, I'll probably spend the week after someone spending the week before with Chris and then I'll spend Christmas week with my family and then I'll spend the week, spend the week after with Chris. Hopefully he can like. New Year's Eve with Chris. Yeah, I think so. New Year's Eve. So we'll be, we'll be together on New Year's Eve. It's just a matter of where and what we do. Cause Nicole, Nicole has actually asked us to a party in oh. downtown Raleigh. Ooh. For Christmas Eve. So I'm going to see if he wants to go to that. And if not, then we'll just have a night in. Okay. Because if we're not going to that, then I want to fucking stay at home. Right. <laughs> like, I don't even want to do any of that. Yeah. If it's a choice between going out and staying in, we all know the answer. We do know the answer. Oh, we are changing our rehearsal dinner stuff 
um, we're no longer having it at the the bar because we went we were there on this past Saturday and I was just like mm-hmm. getting more and more stressed thinking about being here for that. So we are instead going to have the rehearsal dinner at the Airbnb where my parents have. Okay. Rented. So yeah, that massive, massive house. We'll do it there. It'll be super chill. Okay. We love super chill. Mm-hmm. Super chill is good. Well, that's a plan. I thought Ivy's parents tonight and they were on board. So. Oh, good. Now I have to get invitations. You, now you have to get invitations. Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's doable. Mm-hmm. It's doable. Yeah, we got this. Well, I'm glad that you're choosing something that's going to make you less stressed. That makes me happy for you because mm. you have feel like you've been adding things that I feel like you're going to stress you out. <laughs> I know. Well, I've finished all my schoolwork today, so the semester's <laughs> over, so I have one less thing to worry about right now. Okay, good. Got a lot of my crafts done over the weekend, so that's all taken care of. We love that also. And then I have my dress fitting on the 18th. Of December? Yes. Oh, so exciting. This is going to be last Friday. And I was like, uh, I don't have any PTO. And she was like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> oh, my God. You poor thing. <laughs> oh, my God. This person, she was like, I decided to be petty. Uh, some people RSVP to my wedding and didn't show up. So she sent these thank you notes uh-huh. for nothing to the inside. Oh my god. For nothing. Oh my god. Wow. Jesus Christ. Just wow. Well, I will let you go talk to Chris. Super excited for this episode. Me too. And then um, for book recommendations this week, do you want to do Girl With My Face or do you have any other ideas? No, I think the Girl With My Face sounds great. And at some point we'll, I'd like us to record a couple episodes because I do want us to watch Black Christmas for sure. Um, are there any other movies that you'd like us like to add to the poll? To add to the poll? Oh. Um, can, can we just have people like submit stuff? We can. And we just pick from their suggestions? Okay. And then if nobody picks anything, we ask Denny and Gray for a recommendation? I don't know. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, God. Let's see. We, we definitely want to do Black Christmas this month. And do we want to make it like a Christmas special and do a comparison of the old and new movie? Do we have enough time for that? Or do we just want to do the old one? 
let's just do the old one because the new one was actually like last lackluster. Okay. Okay. So I will get that as a new one. Huzzah! Huzzah! I hope you have a lovely evening. Thank you. That's so much fun. Shanks. I mean, we're just going to chat. It'll be fine. But it'll be good. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. I'm sorry. Uh, there's like, I'm getting a bunch of texts from like the group chat still. Like Nicole's stuff is still ongoing. That's the whole thing. Oh my God. Uh-huh. It's going to be fine. It's all going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I'm just going to keep telling myself that. Uh, somebody's got to believe it, I guess. Yeah, it's going to have to be me. It's going to be me. My. I mean, that is when her wedding is. Okay. All right. I got the, I got, I got, I got to go like get my life together. Okay. <laughs> I love you so much. This was a good episode. I'm excited. Have a good night. You too. I love you so much. Bye-bye. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye.